0: Welcome to the Archmi podcast, featuring our senior customer trainer, Blaine Rada. Arch Mortgage Insurance Company, or Archmi, is a leading provider of mortgage insurance, or MI, in the United States. Our competitive pricing tool, Archmi RateStar, is the leading risk-based pricing platform in the industry, providing rates based on a thorough understanding of the underlying risk. Here's your host, Blaine Rada. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Blaine Reda with ArchMI.
1: These podcasts give me an opportunity to share some perspective that I've gained over 30 years of mortgage lending experience. But honestly, my goal is to help you create differentiation and separation in the marketplace. You know, how do you stand apart from all of the other choices that people have to go to for their mortgage loans? In terms of what you can expect on these podcasts, they're fairly conversational. In other words, I've got some notes and an idea of what I want to share with you, but they're definitely not scripted. So don't, uh, don't, don't you know, make any critical comments about, hey, he said um a few times, or didn't know what 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 word choice to use. I just prefer to have a conversation, even though this is obviously one way, and you can't talk back to me. I just am more comfortable with that kind of an approach. Also, I tend to deliver a lot of content. One of my challenges is, you know, when you've been doing something as long as I've been doing it, you have this iceberg of information and you only have time to cover the tip of it. And so I tend to put a lot into these, which means you may very well need to stop and restart and listen again and... You know, listen when you can take some notes because chances are I'm going to cover a lot more than I probably should in a in a podcast uh, with this amount of time. But I just can't help myself. And of course, there's a bit of a sales focus, and it's not that only salespeople can benefit from what I'm going to share, but it tends to have kind of a a sales leaning, if you will. So with that in mind, you definitely need to know my worldview as it relates to sales, because it's really important that you understand where I'm coming from. And my worldview about selling is that selling is not about getting the sale. I know, that sounds really strange, right? Selling is not about getting the sale. Um, my belief is that selling is really an act of service. In other words, if we're focusing on getting the sale, we tend to manipulate, even if it's unconscious, because what we're trying to do is just get the deal. But when our our objective is to establish if we're the best fit for our customer, then we approach them with empathy. And we actually are acting, you know, it's an act of service as opposed to a manipulation. So you just need to know that that's where I'm coming from, because not everybody in sales obviously agrees with that worldview you but that is uh, that is the one that I hold So I'm going to share information in each of these podcasts, and my intention is that this information leads to some type of insight on your part, that as you're thinking through these ideas that I share with you, that you're coming to your own conclusions, but most importantly that there's an impact. In other words, if this just ends up being an interesting use of time while you're multitasking and doing something else, then I don't really know that that's the best use of either one of our times. So this information that's translating into insights, I'm hoping is actually ultimately leading to some sort of an impact for you. So let's get started with today's topic. I'd like to talk about the three M's of marketing. The three M's of marketing. So uh, I'm a middle-aged man from the Midwest. Oh, wait a minute. Those are the wrong three M's, middle-aged man from the Midwest. My small attempt at humor just to get us started here. The three M's of marketing are market, method, and message. Market, method, and message. And as you can probably uh, anticipate where I'm going with this, these three things need to work together. You can certainly look at them individually, and we will dive into each one in a little detail. But the the goal here is to get these three things working together, almost like a a Venn diagram, you know, those intersecting circles where there's a sweet spot in the middle where all three of these things come together. So here's here's the short definition of what each of these are. The market is the who that you're trying to reach. In other words, uh, you'd like to do business with people, but you can't really do business with everybody. And that's a big mistake that a lot of companies make is that they're, you know, their marketing attempts to reach everyone on the planet. And honestly, that just doesn't work. So the first question that you need to ask yourself is who or where are there opportunities? That's the market. The method is the how you will reach them. So once you've determined that you know there's a group that you'd like to do more business with or an opportunity that you see in the marketplace, the next thing you have to do is get their attention. And so that's what I'm calling method, the how you will actually reach them. And once you've gotten their attention, of course, to keep their attention means you've got to have a strong message. Uh, you've got to be compelling. You've got to be interesting. Um and again, these things work best when they all work together, even though we will take a look at each of them individually. Now, if you're already starting to think to yourself, well, no, wait a minute, this sounds like a conversation that's really more for our marketing folks. You know, I have a marketing department where I work, and they're the ones that really kind of think about these issues. It certainly can can be used in that context. You can certainly take these ideas and use them very strategically. But I'd like you to consider how they actually impact you and the job that you do, because you can actually bring these concepts all the way down to th- so something as simple as phone conversations, Phone conversations or emailing that you're doing on a daily basis with your customers, your prospects, these ideas are equally as valuable for that approach. So there's a a strategy implication to these ideas that certainly would be something that a marketing department would be interested in. But there's also just you and I doing our job every day and how can we use these three M's, market, method, and message, in our own work to try to, to build business. All right. So let's take a look at each one of these in a little bit more detail. As I said, market is all about the who, or you could say the, the where you think there's opportunity. And one of the things that I tend to do in these podcasts is give you homework. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry, but just there, we're not having a dialogue here. We're not in a live event where we can talk to each other. So I, I give you some things to think about and some work to possibly do. And so you might want to just spend some time, if you haven't already, in thinking about where are there opportunities for you to build business in your marketplace? Are there underserved markets, for instance? Um, are there? And, and, and again, I want you to be thinking about whoever you define as your customer. So that could be borrowers, that could be realtors, that could be builders, that could be financial planners, that could be anybody that has either a need for the products and services that you offer or an ability to refer people to you, uh, people that have a need for your products and services. So let me give you a couple of, of, of low-hanging fruit uh, markets. These are markets that people in our industry talk about all the time. For instance, first time home buyers. And of course, that includes millennials. Oh, everybody talks about millennials. I'm sure the millennials are sick and tired of everybody talking about them as if they're some type of you know freakish group of people that have never existed on the planet before. But that is, that is an example of a market, the first-time homebuyer market, or looking at it generationally, the millennials as a market. Another one that's discussed a lot in our industry would be different minorities. Again, a word I absolutely hate. Um, we, we still label people as a minority, even when, honestly, they may actually be the majority where they live um i grew up uh, spent many of my my child years in the southwest where the the population was largely hispanic and yet so so i was actually the minority but yet we still tend to label you know hispanics or african americans or asians as minorities so i use the word because that's what everybody uses but you kind of know what i'm speaking of here so i don't really really want to dive into those because those are talked about all the time. Let me give you a couple of other ideas, opportunities. And this is the thought process that I want you to engage in. Where do you see opportunities? And I'll give you a couple of of from where I see opportunities. Um, how about single people? You know, single people buy a lot more homes than ever before. In particular, single women. Typically in a given year, single women buy twice the number of homes as single men. The reason that's significant is if you look at marketing, if you look at how lenders or even realtors reach their customers, look at the images on their website or or on their brochures. Whenever something has to do with buying a home or getting a mortgage, what you typically see is an image of a family which, I mean, I can't speak for a single female not being one, but I would tend to think that doesn't appeal to them. Like, they're not interested in an image that shows a family because that doesn't speak to them. So single people, single women in particular, might be a market that you could explore. And another one would be same-sex couples. Now, I'm not trying trying to offend anybody, and I know, know it's somewhat controversial to talk about something that is polarizing, and I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm just saying factually... There are a lot of same-sex couples out there who often are both very gainfully employed, so they have good, strong incomes. Many times they do not have children, which means they are very well qualified to buy a home and get a mortgage. And yet, I don't know that there's anybody who's actually trying to tap into that market. So the whole idea in thinking about a market is to try to think in in your own area, in your own backyard, where are the opportunities? Who or where? are the sources of your future business. If you had to predict where your business is going to come from over the next couple of years, you know, brainstorm around that a little bit. Try to think about who, who, who's going to who's going to be buying homes? Who's going to be needing mortgages? That's the first M. Now, once you've given that some thought, you want to blend that or combine it with the second M is method. And method is all about how are you going to reach that market? And so the question, of course, becomes, well, how do I actually reach these folks? Where do they get their information? And the short answer to that question is be where they are. In other words, your method or the media of choice needs to end up wherever it is that your market is going to be getting information. So just take millennials as an example. You know, where do millennials look for information? Where would they go to find out about buying a home or qualifying for a mortgage or even what interest rates are? they're not going to walk in, if, if you're a bank or a credit union, they're probably not going to walk into your branch and say, hey, I'd like to talk to somebody about this. They're going to do their research online, especially in social media, where they can connect with their peers and get people's opinions. And they'll go to places like YouTube, you know, the second largest search engine behind Google, um, and look for videos on the subject. So the short answer to that question, you know, where your, your method or media is to be where they are, and make sure that that's where you show up with your information. Now, the third M is message, and that might be one of the most significant ones. That's your what. Now that you've gotten their attention, you need to have something compelling to tell them. And this is what, honestly, we all do on a daily basis, whether we're just on the phone with people or responding to an email. Messaging is, is really important. So let me, let me say something that, uh, is a very important sentence that you'll, you'll want to remember the pieces of. The right message communicated to a clearly defined audience makes selling unnecessary. Let me repeat that sentence. The right message communicated to a clearly defined audience makes selling unnecessary. So I've already been talking about the importance of a clearly defined audience, and we're going to be talking about right messaging in a few more minutes. But what do I mean by selling being unnecessary? If you know who it is that you're speaking to and you know what their needs and wants and desires are and you've given them that information, you've already established trust. You've already established rapport. You really don't have to sell yourself anymore because these these folks will feel as if you're speaking to them, right? We all want to be felt like we're understood, like somebody hears us, they understand us, they, they, un- they understand our needs. That's what I mean by selling being unnecessary. So there's a a phrase for this that's used in in marketing, and the phrase is content marketing. Now, those two words, content marketing, have been out there for a long time. In fact, they're almost kind of overused now. But I want to explain the difference between content marketing and traditional marketing. Traditional marketing is really more about what I would call pushing. You are pushing your, your message onto a consumer, right? Content marketing is more about pulling people to you. Having something to say that's so attractive and compelling and interesting that you're actually pulling people to you. They want to hear more. They want to know more about what it is that you have to, quote, sell. Whereas traditional marketing is more about, you know, we're just going to give you the information and see what sticks or see who's interested in it. So how do you do content marketing? What does that really even imply? It it means that what you're doing in your marketing is you are providing information. You are becoming a resource. Now, there are some specific words I can give you that will help you craft what that information should be. So again, for each of us that just, you know, does a job at a desk or we're out and about, you know, making sales calls. We're going to be on the phone with people. We're going to be, you know, typing emails and sending text messages. What what should we be communicating to people, right? Your message, your content. So let me try to give you some words to consider that might help you when you're trying to come up with your content, like you're on a sales call or you're on a, fo- on a phone call with somebody or you're, you know, crafting an email to respond to someone's inquiry, what I'm trying to help you to understand with content is that it, first of all, needs to be relevant. In other words, what you are communicating to people needs to be of interest and value to them. Uh, Value is another key word. Now, we talked a lot about value in episode one of these podcasts, so I'm not going to go into any more detail in this one. But sharing information that is relevant and valuable to your listener, to your reader, is what is going to get their attention. And the third thing that I would have you consider would be consistency. Um, you know, I hear many people say things like, well, you know, we tried something for a little while and we didn't see that it did much, so we stopped. You know, we, we were on social media for six months and we didn't notice any bump in our business and so we're not doing social media anymore. You know, this is not a business that you can just, you know, be in for a period of time and then get out of. The mortgage industry, you're either in or you're out. It, it's not something that you, for instance, run a sale on, right? So in thinking about your, your messaging, you know, in addition to it being relevant and valuable, to your audience, you want to make sure that it is consistently being put out there so that people can come to expect it and know that you will continually give them information that they need and want. Things to think about regarding content marketing, because if this is not something that you've typically done or ever thought about, you might be struggling with, well, how do I, you know, what should I even consider and how do I even do this? So I've got about a half a dozen thoughts. Make sure you're always speaking from the customer's perspective. In other words, don't use jargon. Right. Don't speak over people's heads. Um, Think about who the person is that is consuming your information and make sure that you are speaking in their language, from their perspective, with their needs and aspirations and concerns in mind. That may sound kind of obvious, but it's so easy for us, especially when we've been in an industry for a long time, to approach everything from our perspective as opposed to approaching people from their perspective. That's what's attractive to people, because they feel heard and understood, and they think, oh my gosh, this this person or this company really gets me. They really understand me. That's what I mean by, you know, from their perspective. Um, A second suggestion I have for you is to make sure that you are positioning yourself as an authority. Now, there is a fine line here. Um, and the reason I'm suggesting that you position yourself in authority, as an authority, and, and by the way, this is assuming you are one, right? I mean, if you're brand new in this business and you're still just learning the ropes and trying to figure out, is there actually a T in the word mortgage? I didn't know that. You don't sound it out. Then you're not going to put yourself out there as an authority because you're not one yet. But- Assuming you are an authority and you have expertise, make sure that that's part of how you position yourself because, again, that is attractive. That is compelling and interesting. Now, there is a fine line because you don't want to talk down to people, and one of the challenges we have in the mortgage industry is that the average age of a loan officer is about 50-ish, and the average age of a first-time homebuyer is 30-ish, which means we're talking to and doing business with our kids. Right? So sometimes we just sound parental. Right? Sometimes we just come across as that authority figure. And what I mean by you being an authority is that you are competent and you are an expert and you know what you're doing, not that you are their parent. So you have to you know, use your own judgment, but be careful, especially with, younger, um, with the younger market, that you don't sound condescending, that you don't sound like you're talking down to people. All right. Maybe a third thing. Actually, third and fourth things to consider with content marketing are are related to each other. And again, it's more homework. Sorry, but just can't cover everything in one podcast. So here's more homework regarding some ideas. Um, Think about the frequently asked questions that you get. Like, what are the questions that you get all the time? The questions that you can answer in your sleep. You know, the stuff that's so routine to you. You even know these questions are coming before before they come. That should be your content. In other words, that should be what's on your website when I go to your website. That should be what you post in social media are basically the answers to all the frequently asked questions because that's what you know people want and need, right? So just brainstorm that. What are all the things that people are constantly asking or needing to know? And kind of a related question would be, what should everybody know about blank? You know, what should everybody know about, you know, fixing their credit? What should everybody know about Saving up for a down payment? What should everybody know about getting a mortgage? What should, In other words, if you were, if you were putting together on a website a link called FAQs or Frequently Asked Questions, that would probably be one of the most visited pages on your website. So just go through that mental exercise ahead of time and come up with your list of FAQs and what everybody should know about blank. And there's your content. There are the things that you then want to just make sure that you're putting out there in the form of marketing. All right, a fifth idea, and I think I've spoken about this in some of the other podcasts, is this idea of pain and pleasure. Um, A lot of marketing is all about pleasure. You know, everything is unicorns and rainbows and sunshine and babies and sweet-smelling flowers and... You know, life is not that. And everybody recognizes that buying a home is challenging. Getting a mortgage can be frustrating. So part of what you want to share with people is level with them. Let them know how you're the aspirin for their mortgage headache. In other words, speak to some of the things that are common challenges or frustrations that people have when they buy a home or get a a loan. But make sure your solution is in that conversation. In other words, you don't want to just talk about pain and not talk about how you relieve it. But I think to not talk about some of the discomfort, you're doing people not only a disservice, but I think it separates you from the masses who are only talking about the rainbows and unicorns when you can level with people and say – Yes, we're going to make this as pain-free as possible, but let me tell you about some of the common stumbling blocks and frustrations that you may have along the way and how we're going to work with you to, you know, smooth those out when they come. I think that's very compelling. And then finally, feelings. You know, we are experts in the process. Of mortgages. In other words, the manufacturing of a mortgage loan. So, a lot of what you talk to people about is the nuts and bolts of mortgage lending. But honestly, what they are going through, in fact, many companies call it the customer experience. So, part of what you should be sharing with people is what is the experience like? What are they actually going to feel and experience when they get alone with you versus someone else, or if you're thinking of your customer as a realtor when they work with you compared to x y z lender, how will that actually feel different? How will that experience? not the process See, we spend so much time talking about the process you know we do it this way, and we have these products and that doesn't differentiate you when you talk about process, unless you truly do something completely different than everybody else. And there's just not many that do. But the experience of working with you could be very different, and you want to make sure you're talking about that. All right, can't talk about content marketing and these three M's without at least mentioning video, because that is really the the medium of choice. And of course, I say that as I'm you know recording a podcast. Um, But video has really become, I think, the media of choice. It's the way that people consume a lot of information. Now, some of it's just entertainment. You know, puppy and kitten videos are a nice way to spend a few minutes of time. But think about it. YouTube is the second largest search engine behind Google. And a lot of people, again, especially younger people, are going to go to YouTube to find answers to their questions. So, I want to give you some suggestions or some ideas, some things to think about. If you were going to create your content using video, there are kind of some best practices to consider. And of course, one of them is equipment. And people get very intimidated when they hear video because they think, oh, you have to go to a studio, you have to spend, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of dollars for professional, you know, videographers. And if you have a relatively modern smartphone, the video capabilities are good enough. They're amazing, actually. Now, audio is an important consideration when you're creating video. If people can't hear well or it's a lot of distracting noise and sounds, people will not watch a video if the sound quality is poor. So if you are at all concerned about how the sound will be in using your smartphone to create videos, then get an external microphone. Um, So that the video or so so the audio quality is better. But honestly, we're not talking about sophisticated equipment and tens of thousands of dollars. We're talking about using a smartphone and maybe a tripod to keep it still and an external microphone, and you can make you know amazing videos that are sharing these content ideas that I'm giving you. Um, Also, if your institution has commercials. Right? If you've already done commercials, that would be an, an, an easy thing to you know, have as videos on YouTube as opposed to just having them air commercially. Um, I, I also suggest that with video, you have an ability to create a brand, to speak to things like your reputation, what you stand for. Uh, I mean, I I said that in the podcast at the very beginning. I talked about my worldview regarding sales. People do want to know a little bit about, you know, who is this company or who is this person? What are they all about? What do they believe in? Um, Video is kind of a very compelling way to share that kind of messaging, branding, reputation, what you stand for. Also, I would encourage you to use video to highlight success stories, you know, challenging situations that you helped someone overcome. Uh, People that went to one lender and had a disastrous experience and they came to you at the 11th hour and you saved the day. Um, And again, you'd have to get permission from people to use their names or whatever, but I'm just trying to give you ideas of what could be the kinds of things that you could put on video that would be compelling content. Also, if you're just an explainer, you're just the person that kind of you know holds people's hands and walks them through things. There are a lot of people in the mortgage industry who have branded themselves as kind of the you know the teacher, the instructor, and they put consistent, remember, consistent short videos. We're talking you know a minute or two long. Um, they probably have YouTube channels that they do this with, but they basically just put short little bits of information out there that address the frequently asked questions, the what everybody should know about X. And they're basically helping explain what people who are not in our business need to know. And maybe a final suggestion would be anything that's behind the scenes, anytime that you're pulling the curtain back. Let's really talk about what goes on when a loan is underwritten. like what 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 is this mysterious thing that happens when a file goes to underwriting? You know, anytime you actually pull back the curtain and explain, it, again, it kind of goes with the explainer, but a little different. you're you're giving away secrets. I mean, they're not really secrets, right? but you're kind of showing people how the sausage is made. Okay. Maybe that's not a great visual, but you know what I mean, right? You're letting people in on, this is how we actually do things. This is how this decision is made. This is how we put all this stuff together that culminates in you closing on your loan and and moving into your home. Okay, so you know, again, I've packed a lot into this, and I'm sure you've gotten, you know, a handful of things just by this quick, you know, one time you've listened. Um, but I would highly encourage that you kind of go back and, and re-listen to some of these ideas. I can give you a quick summary here. You know, we've we've been focusing primarily on the three M's, which I identified as market and method and message. In other words, Who is it you're trying to reach and how are you going to reach them? And what are you going to say once you've got their attention? And I talked a little bit about trying to identify some some opportunities, right? Uh, Whether it be first-time homebuyers or millennials or minorities or whomever. Um, And then we went into each of those, you know, method method and message, market method and message in more detail. So... Market again, is where you see opportunity. Method is be where they are, right? Make sure your information is going to show up wherever people would go to get it. Um, And then the message, you know, again, the right message communicated to a clearly defined audience makes selling unnecessary. Just let that sink in for a minute. If you just did a little homework on that phrase itself, that could definitely steer you in the right direction. The right message communicated to a clearly defined audience makes selling unnecessary. I explained a little bit about content marketing, how that's pull versus push, right? Instead of pushing a message onto people, you're really pulling people to you with your content because it's useful and valuable and relevant and consistent. Uh, talked a little bit about some content ideas as well as some you know, ideas for video, specifically you know, having stuff show up on places like YouTube, because that is a search engine that people go to quite a bit. So I like to end each of these with, you know, what we would call a call to action. And I really have the same three asks at the end of each of these. And one is to take a step, right? Going back to what I said at the very beginning about how the information and the insights need to lead to some some type of impact. If we just spend a few minutes together, I guess that's okay, but that's not really why I'm taking the time to share this information with you. I want there to be some sort of measurable impact based on what you're getting from this podcast. So please take a step, right? You can't make progress without taking a step. So take a step with something that you've heard. Um, also tell a friend. I'm a big believer in good information should be shared. You know. Rising tides, you know, raise all boats, right? Whatever whatever uh, expression you want to use. I think we can grow the pie. We can make more business for all of us if we take good ideas and useful ideas and we pass them along to even our competitors. And finally, talk with us, you know, get a hold of your account manager if you haven't chatted with them. Let them know how we at Arch can be of assistance and help to you. Specifically, if you have feedback, of course, about the podcast, you know, we're all ears. This is a a newer venture for us. We've only been at this for a few months. We want to make sure that this is valuable and relevant, right? That this is content marketing, exactly as I described it. This is what we wish this podcast to be. And so your feedback is critical in that process. So that is it for this episode. I hope you found that your investment in time was worthwhile and valuable. This is Blaine Rada with ArchMI. Thank you for listening.
0: Arch Capital Group Limited's U.S. Mortgage Insurance Operation, ArchMI, is a leading provider of private insurance covering mortgage credit risk. Headquartered in Greensboro, North Carolina, ArchMI's mission is to protect lenders against credit risk while extending the possibility of responsible homeownership to qualified borrowers. ArchMI's flagship mortgage insurer, Arch Mortgage Insurance Company, is licensed to write mortgage insurance in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. For more information, please visit archmi.com. ArchMI is a marketing term for Arch Mortgage Insurance Company and United Guarantee Residential Insurance Company. All rights reserved.